You're listening to a bonus episode of The Dairy Age, featuring Chagisk's weekly Let's Talk Dairy webinar series, which is also available as a podcast. Hey, good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this week's Let's Talk Dairy. So carrying on with the um, the lameness kind of focus that we've had with the last two to three week, two weeks, um, we've Paul... Uh, is joined, Paul Maher is joining us here and we spoke a little bit about some of Paul's work there a couple of weeks ago but, but uh, we're getting Paul on now to talk about his own work today. So I suppose what we've looked at in the last couple of weeks with Ned and Natasha last week are kind of around the cow elements of lameness and um, what Paul is going to look at I suppose is in, in uh, reality is where the rubber hits the road if you'll pardon the pun as such is where the cow's hoof is meeting the roadways. And Paul has a lot of work done. And as I said, a couple of weeks ago, myself and George talked a little bit about it uh, in, in on some of the stuff that he's done as part of the PhD work that he's doing at the moment. Um, but Paul is going to outline that a little bit more and go into a bit more detail into, in, in terms of the, the scoring of the roadways that we would have touched on a couple of weeks ago. So, Paul, you have a few slides that you're going to share there with us. And uh, thanks yep. for coming on today. And I suppose I'll encourage people to ask questions as we go along. I suppose there's some interesting stuff from having looked at this information with Paul now in the last couple of days as well. There's some very interesting bits and pieces that we can take out of it. And some of the key messages that Paul will have at the end are relevant to every farmer um, across the country. So you can work away there. So, Paul, and um, as I said, we'll talk as we go along too. Yep. Okay. Uh, thanks, George. Thanks for having me on today. And I'd like to thank my uh, co-authors for the study in terms of we have Mike Egan, Mika Donovan and Pat Tuohy from Chagas Moor Park and Michael Murphy from um, MTU in Cork. So the study we carried out was an evaluation of farm roadways on commercial dairy farms. And first of all, we want to look at in terms of what is the purpose of farm roadways. So like we're based in a pasture-based system here in Ireland. And the first objective of farm roadways is to connect the grazing paddocks to the milking platform. So in terms of pasture utilization is a key metric of farm profitability. And to access that pasture, we need farm roadways. With each additional uh, ton utilized worth uh, 170 euro per hectare. Uh, but the reason this particular project came out was the abolition of milk quotas in 2015. So we know that herd size has increased from 70 cows to 91 cows uh, up till 2021. And it was hypothesized that the grazing infrastructure has not adapted to meet the increased herd demands. And this can have a knock on effect in terms of labor efficiency, where it's uh, requiring additional labor to, or additional time to move the cows to and from the milking parlour and also in terms of lameness. So we had Natasha and Ned in the last two weeks discussing the impacts of lameness and they both mentioned in terms of the association between roadways and uh, lameness in terms of surface condition but also distance walked. So the first part of our study we looked at the distance walked on commercial farms. So for selecting farms for the study all farms are required to use pasture-based Ireland and carry out at least 25 grass walks. And this was required because we needed the number of grazings on each paddock over the grazing season, along with the pasture allocation. And this was worked out with the uh, the herd size of the farm and the pre-grazing yield and the paddock size. So therefore, we could calculate if it was 12, 24 or 36 hour grazing. The herd sizes were selected from a predefined um, study by uh, Paddy Kelly. And a farm map, each each farmer was contacted uh, about the study and a farm map was requested. That way we could identify where each paddock was within the grazing platform. And it allowed us to calculate the distance to each individual paddock, giving us the mean distance and also the distance walked per year. So because we had the distance to each paddock, it was combined with our pasture-based data to give us the distance walked per year on the farms. And we had 135 farms in the study. 
and they ranged from 47 to 760 cows. We can see on the right here the, the map of Ireland, and you can see there's a, a large geographical spread of all farms selected, with those in blue, less than 100 cows. Uh, those in orange were 100 to 149. Maroon was 150 to 199. And green is 200 to 249 and yellow is 250 or greater. So you can see we covered almost every county in Ireland as part of this study. And first of all, we looked at the mean distance to a paddock. So we can see our five herd size categories again and the average mean distance within each herd size category. With less than 100 uh, cows, it was a mean distance of 340 metres and farms greater than 250, it was a mean distance of 634 metres. However, there's a large uh, variety or range within the, of the mean distance within each herd size category. So you can see here farms greater than 250, as you'd expect. The furthest farm, the furthest mean distance to a paddock was just one kilometre. So this herd is walking four kilometres per day on average across the grazing season. In saying that, we've heard here of less than 150 cows walking 900 metres on average mean distance to a paddock. So this herd here of less than 150 cows is walking 3.6 kilometres per day. And we looked at the dis distance walked per year. So again, this is calculated with our pasture-based data. Herds of less than 100 cows are walking 386 kilometres per year and herds up to uh, above 250 cows are walking 718 kilometers per year. Again, we've a wide range in our total distance within each herd size category. You can see here herds between 100 and 150 cows, uh, a total distance walked per year of 246 kilometers up to 920 kilometers. And again, the furthest any herd was walking over the grazing season was 1142 kilometers per year. And that was for a herd of 760 cows. So a significant uh, distance for any herd to be walking uh, over the course of the grazing season. And I suppose we'll look... pick up on it there in a minute, but like you can, uh, people will see that there's a high degree of overlap there in the ranges there. So like the herd size doesn't necessarily mean that they are walking a longer distance. Like No, no. And it's something that probably would have previously been uh, perceived that like say herd size was impacting the, the distance walked on farm and yes it does have a correlation but it's a it's a, a weak correlation compared to that of the mean distance to a paddock and what we found in our study was like say that mean distance is a has strong correlations correlation in the distance walked per year and also maximum distance to a paddock was previously used as a metric to benchmark farms and you can see again there's a wide variety within each herd size category so you can see here we've a herd of less than 150 cows with a maximum distance to a paddock of 2.6 kilometers which was similar to the herd of 760 cows yeah. um and now we'll go through to why Stuart, you're saying in terms of the the reason herd size does not have a significant impact on the uh, the distance walked or the mean distance to a paddock, and it's down to the farmyard location. So we can see here the red markers are the uh, milking parlour location, and we can see the yellow lines are the farm roadway network. So the farm on the left has 415 cows and a mean distance to a paddock of 429 metres. The farm on the right has 67 cows, so six times less in terms of herd size, but it has a similar mean distance to a paddock of 414 versus 429. The distance walked per year for a herd of 415 cows is 496 kilometres or 500 kilometres per year. And the farm of 67 cows had a, a distance walk per year of 539 kilometres. So it actually walked, the herd of 67 cows actually walked 43 kilometres more per year. 
And the reason we're making this point is there may be, it may be previously assumed, Stuart, as you were saying, smaller herds don't have an issue with lameness due to walking distance. And we can see from this, uh, this data set that this isn't the case. And the focus needs to be placed on uh, resilience to lameness on all dairy farms. And Natasha spoke last week about the PTA for lameness associated with increased lameness. And what we're highlighting here is that farms, no matter the herd side, need to prioritise resilience to lameness in terms of their breeding strategy, but also in terms of breed type. So we know that uh, some breeds are more resilient to lameness than others in terms of the pigment within the hoof, in terms of the colour of the hoof. And well, I suppose the, the the key thing to take there is like is that that mean distance is a far greater uh, metric yeah. to use than the furthest distance. So like because. Like the furthest distance on the on the farm on the left could be could be the same as the actual furthest distance. I, it probably yeah. isn't known in reality, but just for an, an example, like uh, that the furthest distance is just it's yeah. one paddock literally. Like and oftentimes this paddock can be a, a so like uh, f- like not adjoining the grazing platform in terms of their access and it via a public road or a, a right away. And yeah. often it's closed up for silage, so it's only used maybe twice in the grazing season. Yeah. Uh, like so, it doesn't give a fair reflect a reflection of the walking distance on farm. Yeah. So the mean distance is a far more beneficial fact um, metric to use. And then moving on to our second study, where we assessed the uh, roadway surfaces on farm. So this was carried out between May and July in 2021, and there were 55 farms visited as part of the study, and we a range of 47 to 760 cows. And we can see on the right the location of the farms uh, throughout Ireland. Again, we've a uh, wide geographical area covered. And we assessed 126 kilometres of roadway. And this was broken into 893 sections of roadway. So when we visit a farm, we assess a section of roadway and it's broken up based on roadway width, uh, surface condition, like the physical features, surface condition, camber, incline, water runoff, for example. And when we break up all the sections, we're assessing roadway width, camber, incline, surface condition, water runoff, congestion points, and water shocks present on farm roadways. And just to go through the surface condition metric, which was used um, as part of this study, it was an index one to index five, created with the researchers in Chagas Moor Park. And so here you can see the index one, which is totally inadequate for animal movement. You can see there's large and small stones present on the farm roadway. And you can see in the left there is uh, clay slash slurry content on the farm roadway, which is associated with digital dermatitis or mortal arrow. And you can see in the right there's a definite path where the cows are walking on this section in single file. And Paul, I suppose the, if you just pop back there once like yeah. that, like we, yeah. we showed this slide there a couple of weeks ago, Mr. George and I, and... Um, I suppose the the one on the left in particular, while the one on the right is bad, the water on the surface of the road there, that's actually uh, completely detrimental in terms of it just mm. makes things worse and worse over time, in a short space of time, really, mm. because of the fact that the water is staying on the road. It's no different to public roads as public roads. I was saying to you there just before we started that yeah. we're looking at the weather rainfall data for around Moor Park at the moment. Now, people want to have sympathy for us in the Moor Park area because it's generally fine around here, but... We've an awful lot more rain gotten the last 50 days and there are some of the public roads have gotten very badly damaged because of holding water for a period uh, after after heavy rainfall events. And it's the same with cow roadways then as well. And that that pool of water that you're showing there and that picture on the left is uh, the surface underneath that is is far worse, actually, probably than the one on the right where the track is. At least the track is good, you could say. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah <you laughs> I know the flow is slow, but like they've, they've yeah. created the track like. 
I know, and I agree with you. And it's something we looked at, uh, we come to in a second, in terms of water runoff was also assessed as part of this study because of exactly what you were saying, a buildup of water and it create it, it's detrimental to the surface condition of the roadway. Yeah. And we looked at uh, just come through in terms of uh, index three. So again, we can see we can see there's a binding material present on some parts of the roadway, but you can see as well there's erosion of the binding material with larger stones present. There's also a clay content uh, present on the right hand side of the roadway. And here on the second photo, you can see there's uh, as we look down the roadway, there's grass present and a W shape created by machinery. So uh, when we have machinery in farm roadways, which is inevitable, uh, we're creating a W shape called rutting. And it creates indents in terms of uh, small cambers within the farm roadway. And we know that cows uh, don't like to walk on surfaces with a camber of greater than 5%. So what we've seen here is where the machinery has eroded the farm surface, creating this rutting occurrence. The cows are refusing to walk on this section of roadway and we're reducing our cow flow. We can see on the right here, we have an optimal surface, index five. There's binding present across all the surface. There's no small or large stones present. There's minimal clay content and there's no evidence of rutting or uh, erosion of the finer material present. And when we looked at the results of the surface condition on farm, uh, we found that 25% of roadways were what we described as wholly inadequate or index one uh, for animal movement, and 42% were either index one or index two. In terms of congestion, uh, we can see that 10.64% of roadways, the cows had to stop to cross a public road. So previous work by Ashton O'Connor showed that where the cows are held in the collecting yard post-milking for the likes of where this occurs, uh, there's reduced mobility within the herd, so it can be associated with increased lameness because the cows are spending more time on concrete. Well, um, but, um, is it very is it slightly concerning i suppose in your mind that um that there's 25 percent of those roads as you described them earlier no, no george and myself were probably weren't as blunt about it but and i'm not not criticizing yeah, yeah. for being that way you know but yeah. um, like you said there earlier that index one roads are wholly inadequate for cows yeah the, it is it, we, falling into that category then like yeah, we didn't expect uh, that to find that at all. Um, now, I will say, as I'll go through further, it does occur, I suppose, more frequently away from the milking parlour as opposed to the roads used more frequently. And we have waited accordingly for that. But yeah, it, we didn't expect to find quite as many roads that were in uh, such poor condition on farm. Um, and I suppose uh, expansion probably is some, is some of that reason in terms of farmers have focused on other areas, for example, in milking parlours, upgrading facilities around the yards and have almost not neglected, but uh, prioritised other areas. And as a result, farm roadways have become into disrepair. And it's probably some of the reason this study came about was because farmers have invested in other areas first. We're now seeing the impacts on uh, roadway condition have been neglected over a period of time. Then And then just following through that in terms of expansion, in terms of the roadway width relative to herd size. So we can see that the, uh, we can see that 50% of roadways were between 60 and 80% of the recommended width. So we can see on the right the Chagas benchmarks in terms of the width relative to herd size. So for example, for a 100 cow herd, the roadway is required to be uh, four metres wide. And we found on average across the farms, it was 2.9 metres wide. And only 4% of roadways were of adequate width for the herd size. And we'll see the impact that has in a moment. And then we looked at water runoff. So Stuart, this is what you were mentioning in terms of the water runoff capability. So index one was where the, uh, the roadway is below the adjoining landscape. Water cannot flow uh, off the roadway and uh, gathers and pools in the farm roadway. For this scenario, 
a full uh, reinvestment is required in terms of a base material and a finer material, binding material after to increase the height of the roadway relative to the adjoining landscape. And we had this occurrence on 6.5% of roadways. So, however, one the main uh, most frequently uh, categorized section was index three. So 45% of roadways were where this occurs. So we can see here the roadway is above the adjoining landscape on both sides. However, we have a grass verge present that's restricting water runoff and water is flowing down the roadway as a result. And then index five was where there was no restrictions on water runoff. This has probably occurred most frequently on newer uh, new roadways. So this was 13% where you can see both sides, there's no grass verge present to restrict water runoff. Obviously the surface condition here would be described as suboptimal too. <laughs> uh, and um, then if we look at the verge width. So this was re uh, recorded as greater or less than 0.5 of a meter from the, uh, from the fence line to the edge of the roadway. So here we can see where it's greater than 0.5 meter. The cows are bringing excess clay and stone content onto the farm roadway. And we can see here where it's 0.5 a meter, where the surface is optimal. The cows are still using the full width of the roadway. However, there's no loose stones or clay content being brought onto the farm roadway, reducing the surface condition. I suppose, Paul, looking at that previous um, picture there, the one prior to that now, we'll say, is, it, um, is it just a kind of a failure of the, the landowner there to actually put the roadway in up against the dike? Because you can see that there's a bit of a bank there, obviously, so the fence, yeah. you can argue that the fence is in the right place, really, but that they just haven't extended the road wide enough to, to take that yeah. in. Completely. Uh, in terms of, on this on this section of roadway, they could, they, they probably the most logical thing to do was to widen the farm roadway out to the full width yeah. and place, <clears throat> sorry, place a binding material uh, over the farm roadway. However, what we experienced on many farms, and it's not just this farm, where similar has occurred, but this is just a grass verge as opposed to, like there may not be a bank there, there could be a ditch there, yeah. and this is just a grass verge here, and the cows are walking the clay content onto the farm roadway. Yeah, and like uh, the other thing that, looking at that picture to me, is that the fall is running on it as well, like the fall is yeah. into the bank, isn't it? Yeah, it's fall, the roadway has fallen into the bank instead of into the field. And you can see again, you can see the grass verge yeah. restricting water runoff on that side also. Yeah. And then as we go through to, so we looked at the results relative to uh, herd size. So we can see here, larger farms did actually have wider roadways. So we can uh, significantly wider roadways. And interestingly, they had increased surface condition. So it may be hypothesized that they have invested some money into the surface condition on the uh, on larger herd size farms. However, when we look at the roadway width relative to herd size, larger farms had narrow roadways relative to their herd size. So for example, the herds are greater than 250 cows. The average herd size in this category was 340. So the recommended width for a herd of 340 cows is 6.2 meters. And we found that the average width to be 3.89 meters. So 62% of it. And for herds less than 100 cows, if we take it at four meters, it was 2.97 meters wide. So 76% of the recommended width. And Paul, just um, it kind of it strikes me that uh, I would say first that first question I put to you is where when you're measuring that mean width of the road, where where is that measurement been taken? Or we'll say what constitutes the mean width of the road, if you know what I mean? Yeah. So as I mentioned previously about the sections of roadway, they're broke up. So the farm is broke up into sections mm. based on um, like so if the mean if the width of the roadway is say 3.6 meters for 100 meters of roadway that's recorded as one section of roadway and then if the roadway from the next point on is 4.3 meters wide well then that's a different section of roadway so 
the roadway, as we mentioned, in terms of the 126 kilometres was broken into 893 sections because to account for varying width yes. on farm roadways. Yeah. Okay. And then we have, because we have the length of each section of roadway as well, we know how, how much, how long uh, each section of roadway was in terms of metres. So we've accounted for that as well in our data set. Yeah. And is there any concern then as well in relation to that? Like what strike, what jumps out at me there is the, like even for the herd, that we'll say the cows, the average herd size in the country is around 100 cow mark. Yeah. Those roadways are only three metres. Like that's only 10 feet, like on average. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. isn't the machine in the country can nearly travel those roads now, like without... Like you know, that, that was the, right. Yeah, see, they're, they're basically just the width of machinery for driving down. In terms of, uh, yeah. like, they have, like, say, the tire marks on either side are the edge of the roadway, and that's it. Yeah, uh, and and, and but, that in itself is probably bad for the road from the point of view that the like with the yeah, if the road so, is wide enough, there's a bit of scope to move on the road with the with the machinery. Yeah. Exactly. So like previous work by uh, from New Zealand has showed that like say where we have wider roadways, their recommendation is five metres. So obviously there's a financial impact on that, putting that in place in this country. But where we have wider roadways, the machinery is able to uh, spread on further sections of the roadway. So like when they're driving out to the paddocks, they can drive on the left side of the roadway. And when they're driving back in, they drive on the left as well, on the opposite side. Yeah. So it wears the roadway evenly. So we don't create them cambers that we talked about in terms of the rutting effect yeah. and then are reducing our cow flow where we have cambers greater than 5%. So yeah, that is a, it's a valid point, but it, it, and it's definitely what you're saying in terms of the roadways are just the width of the machinery for that purpose. And then the cows are walking on them sections. Yeah. Uh, so it has a knock-on effect. It's a multiplier effect, basically, when the roadways are narrow. Um, we looked at the factors affecting the surface condition and the reason we did this was because surface condition is something that changes over a long period of time. It's not something that changes overnight. So we were looking for predictor factors and we found wider roadways were associated with increased surface condition. Uh, a verge width of less than 0.5 metres was associated associated with increased surface condition. So where we had greater verge width, we, we hypothesized with greater clay content and stone content being brought onto the farm roadway. Uh, the water runoff, Stuart, as you mentioned, in terms of where we have restrictions in water runoff, we have reduced surface condition and also in terms of congestion points. So where congestion points are on farm roadways, we've reduced surface condition. So where we, like say, remove our 90 degree bends and put in our sweeping bends, we tend to have improved surface condition on farm roadways. And the way we evaluate our factors are based on cow flow in terms of cows per minute. So this is based in Kilworth beside Moor Park. And we three groups of 60 cows and we assess roadway width, surface condition and congestion points. And ours are based on a cows per minute rather than a metres per second metric. And this was to account for where we have a one metre wide roadway and an optimal surface. We may have a walking speed of uh, four to 4.5 kilometres per hour. However, the cows have to walk in single file. Whereas if we have a four metre roadway and a surface of three, our speed in terms of the, the cows could be walking at 3.6 kilometers per hour, but our throughput would be higher. So that's the way our results were based. We found roadway width and surface condition impacted cows per minute. Uh, the congestion points did not impact it, which was surprising. I'll come to that in a second. And public crossings did impact it. And although we're not sure why cows or congestion did not impact it, we do know on farm that congestion points were associated with reduced surface condition. So they are definitely indirectly affecting uh, our cow flow on farm roadways. Uh, and then in terms of, uh, so uh, Stuart, this is what you came to about earlier in terms of the, the surfaces, in terms of where they're located within the farm. So here we can just see the baseline of all farm roadways. But because we have the pasture-based data on each farm, we knew 
how frequently each farm roadway was used over the grazing season. So obviously roadways closer to the parlour are going to be used more frequently because they access more paddocks. And what we found was farmers are actually improving the upkeep of these roadways in terms of there was an increased cow flow on the roadways closer to the milking parlour. And that was across all herd size categories. So we can see, for example, herds greater than 250 cows, the baseline was 55 cows per minute. But when we include the frequency, it increases to 67. So roadways used more frequently tended to have increased uh, cow flow or more optimal surface or more optimal width. However, when we look at it in terms of the effective herd size on this, so here we can see the green markers are the recommended time it takes for a herd to pass by a particular point on a farm roadway. And the red markers are what we found on farm. So we're finding, like, say, for this herd here, it's t- we predict it's taking s- over six minutes for the herd to pass one particular point on a farm roadway, while it should be taking less than two minutes. And we can see as herd size increased, the distance between the uh, rec- benchmarks and what was collected on farm increases. So larger farms have not upgraded their infrastructure sufficiently to uh, improve their cow flow or cows per minute on commercial farms. And then finally, our take-home messages. So farm roadways require radical improvements. We can see that 42% were either index one or index two for surface condition, and also in terms of roadway width. It's important not to push cows in the farm roadway. So we've seen that basically um, our surface condition is suboptimal on many farms, and by press- pushing cows on the farm roadway, we're going to reduce, we're going to increase lameness on these farms. The first advice you give to any farm is to invest in a batch latch. So we Ned talked about a batch latch two weeks ago in terms of the range in price from four to seven hundred euro. We set them up at the at the entry point to the paddock. The timer goes off and the cows are allowed to walk in at their own pace on the farm roadways. And we know from previous work when the cows are allowed to walk at their own pace, they can avoid the majority of stones present on farm roadways and it will reduce lameness. The, the batch latch is also a good tool to have for spring and autumn grazing where the cows are going out for three to four hours, we can set a timer and the cows will be allowed to walk back in at their own pace after the timer goes off. And we uh, focus on the roadways closest to the milking parlour. We're happy to say that this is being carried out. Clear the grass verge to allow water runoff. We're now at the end of November into the, as George, you mentioned in terms of high rainfall, we've seen that 53% of roadways require the grass verge to be removed to allow water to flow off the farm roadway and reduce erosion of the surface material present. We need to limit congestion points on farm roadways as they reduce uh, the surface condition and previous work has showed that they impact on lameness on farms. And we need to place binding material on the farm roadway, which will uh, provide a smooth walking surface, increase our cow flow and reduce lameness on farm. And Thanks for your time. And short, we'll go through the questions now, I suppose, or any yeah, points you want to make. That's very good, Paul. Um, I suppose just uh, it's, it's kind of going against your do not push cows scenario, but it's trying to, it'll still emphasize the message that you're trying to get across, I suppose. There's a guy that I know a couple of years ago, he put in a new roadway. You know, the roadway would have been wider because it was on a different, it was on new land that had come onto the farm. And he said that he measured, he was following the cows on a quad. Uh, and you might be saying not to push him there, obviously. So that's why yeah. I'm saying it's kind of going against what you're saying. But he yeah. measured on his existing roadways a, a speed of the herd of three kilometers per hour. That that's what they were moving at. And on the new roadway with better surface, wider uh, roadway, etc., um, was they were going at five kilometers per hour. So that just goes to show the impact of the road 
on actual movement speed of stock around the farm. I suppose the, the other thing, like the last three points there are very important, Paul, from the point of view of, uh, I, and I'm, I've said people are probably sick of me saying this on this with the last couple of months, like, but good returns out of milk this year. Um, we need to invest those wisely. Like, I mean, the, the, the risk is there that people will buy a ball of machinery this year in order to try and deal with tax issues and still have poor roadways or still have poor issues around yards, etc. So great scope for that. And I suppose the other important thing to say is that that third last point in terms of clearing the grass verge, you can't really buy a machine to do that really. No. I know you can get a guy in with a Mac or whatever if you want to, to clean it off. But like, it's as simple as actually taking a shovel and just pushing back the grass it's not actually that hard to do because it's, no, it's no. It, it actually sits on the surface it's just it's just the way grass is grass grows everywhere when it's given a chance to grow basically like so it, opening up kind of shores like people would see the council doing on the sides of the roadways is is sufficient it doesn't necessarily have to be cleared the whole way it's just to actually let the water off at points along the road so that it doesn't gather momentum really and rip up the surface yeah, correct, correct. And uh, even uh, Ned talked about the last uh, two weeks ago in terms of like a cost of 300 euro per cow for each case of lameness. And as you mentioned, Stuart, in terms of this is a good year financial wise for dairy and like it, we're going to have a, a positive knock on effect by investing here in terms of our road infrastructure. We're going to reduce our lameness. And Ned spoke about a 10 to 12,000 12, uh, cost of lameness on a 100 cow farm. Like here's a time to invest on-farm roadways to reduce that cost in future years. It's not just a once-off. It's it's going to pay back over the next three to four years. And I suppose there's a second point in that then. So you invest in it this year, but like it's actually that clearing the grass verge, which mm. will actually develop within the next 12 months. Yeah. People would think it wouldn't. Uh, and I suppose the congestion points is the other thing we'll say around. I often see people putting water troughs out by roadways. Yeah. That's cast as a congestion point, not just the turn. And obviously... Where cows stop, when cows start again, they lift the tail, and that's yeah. all contributing to that. And the other final point before I ask a question that has come in there is, you were saying yesterday when we were talking about this as well, there's actually quite a lot of roadways that GSS had no binding material at all on them. Yeah, uh, many roadways just put down like a slig or shale material, but there's no finer material placed on for the cows to walk on. So we're left with, like say, the objective is the finer material is between zero to four mil. And we can see it here on second, uh, on the likes of the roadway, once it comes up. Um, it's a it's a dusting material that we can see here on the, the photo here. It's a smooth surface. There's no sharp stones present. And the majority of roadways... Th- we go out to don't have this present and we can see in terms of our own study in terms of cow flow we've increased cow flow where this is present in terms of walking speed and it's also been shown to reduce lameness because we've less sharp stones present okay um so there's two questions now after coming in there and they're both kind of linked to the same thing maybe so i don't know how it'll be and probably no, really come across <laughs> it is there yeah. any research on cow lameness and walking speed where astroturf is being used on top of a good roadway base and surface is the first question. And the second question is actually kind of slightly tied into it. Walking cows uphill 220 metres at a one and six slope. Any advice on walking cows on such a surface? So maybe yeah. is astroturf going to be a benefit there is actually the question. Okay, so the first thing in terms of uh, cow lameness and astroturf. So... Previous research has been carried out uh, where they've assessed lameness and the use of astroturf on farm roadways, and it was a positive effect where lame cows preferred to walk on a astroturf surface as opposed to a, a normal farm roadway. With a be due to given the compression factor within the astroturf, so it is advisable 
if AstroTurf can be accessed on farm, yes, it's positive to put it down in terms of reducing lameness. But the most important factor to make is it needs to be on a smooth surface first. You can't put AstroTurf down on a farm roadway that is, um, sorry, uh, like the likes of, even the likes of this surface here first. AstroTurf needs to go onto a smooth surface. You can't put AstroTurf, sorry. Yeah, you can't ask for that. You have to have a smooth surface to start with and then put AstroTurf on top of it because it creates an uneven surface and it starts to rip the AstroTurf apart where you have sharp stones present underneath it. And in terms of the slope, um, like say the first, okay, for, as we've seen before, AstroTurf can become a slippery surface on steep slopes. Uh, steps would be the, the best recommendation for uh, steep slopes. Now, also, there's practicality in terms of machinery or uh, particularly a quad using these steps. But for steep slopes, steps are uh, most definitely the best option to reduce lameness and uh, slipping of cows on these surfaces. But uh, I suppose the only downside of, that, of the steps there now in relation to that question, though, Paul, is that it's 220 metres up a hill, like such so as a long run. So, Sorry, yeah, I didn't realise yeah. that part. Yeah, no, then, no, you're uh, okay. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I suppose the, the best thing that that person can do there then is to ensure that the surface is good on that yeah. section of the roadway and to make sure that the, the rotting from water now, and that can be a challenge on steep slopes. I, I see it on farms there on the back of the Galtys and the Limerick side of the Galtys. It's a quite, quite a severe problem. Like they have, they have those yeah. lazy, lazy policemen, I think they call it or something, is it that they're trying to divert water off the hills? At, That's what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. the little channels, because we've seen them as well. And some of the stuff on water runoff in terms of into water courses, they've, okay, obviously not into, like say, to, into a field on steep slopes is to put in small channels that will capture the water after a certain amount of meters to allow that to flow into the field. Because as the water flows down the hill, it builds up speed and the erosion is just multiplied in terms yeah. of factor. So you want to break the break the circuit almost and allow it to flow into the field as you mentioned Stuart in terms of the lazy policeman or just channels yeah. only, uh, and I suppose uh, did you see any of that kind of stuff on, on your travels Paul no uh, we didn't see no we actually saw no uh, channels in terms of to allow water to like say a, a section cut through a steep slope uh, we've seen concrete on farm roadways on steep sections again concrete is um, not advisable for farm roadways because of the um, the sharp stones present because there's no compression factor within concrete. However, on steep slopes, it could be advisable because of the uh, reduced wear uh, compared to where a binding material is used. But again, the um, the inlets to allow water into the field are probably the first uh, course of action to reduce erosion on steep slopes. Yeah, and I suppose maybe a combination of maybe the concrete on the slope and maybe astroturf on top of that maybe might might be a to be a bit of grip on it as well. Yeah, no, the only issue with that is on wet weather, it can become um, extremely uh, slippery, yeah, because yeah. uh, it loses friction, especially on steep slopes yeah. uh, where you have uh, astroturf present. But other than that, astroturf is very good for reducing lameness uh, in dairy herds. But the first thing to reduce lameness is obviously uh, allow a batch latch, allow the cows to walk in at their own pace. And that's the first uh, course of action I would advise to any farmer. Okay, very good, Paul. Um, we've no further questions in, so thanks very much for coming on this morning and uh, going through that scoring. As I said, myself and George didn't do it half enough justice the last day when we were talking about it, so thanks for coming okay. on. No problem, no problem. We welcome everyone back again next week at the same time again. Um, I don't know how George is lined up for next week, so I want uh, to be preempting what he's going to cover, but I'm sure he'll have an interesting topic anyway. So thanks for everyone for tuning in, okay? And thanks again, Paul. Thanks, thanks short. Thank you. That's all for this week's bonus episode from the Let's Talk Dairy webinar series and don't forget to look out for more bonus episodes each week. 
I'll be back with the usual Dairy Age podcast on Monday, so do listen in then. I'm Stuart Childs, and thanks for listening.